Hey, welcome to Old Ass Movie Reviews. I'm Scott, that's Dave, and uh, we have another H.P. Lovecraft-inspired movie for you. I forget what year this was, but this is John Carpenter's In the Mouth of Madness that we watched. Um, 1995, I think. That feels about right. Feels about right, looking at Sam Neill's age. Um, uh, So we have... uh, it cracked me up when he sent me a text that Vigo, the destroyer, is in here. And it's like, why does that guy look familiar the whole time I'm right. watching this movie? Right. So we have in this movie making special appearance as Moses in the that corner in the red trunks and Vigo mm-hmm. and the other with blue. Get ready to rumble. <laughs> Too bad they're not on screen at the same time. Oh, man, that would have been fantastic. Yeah. That so would have freaking fantastic. This is definitely a Carpenter film all the way. Starts off with a a rocking soundtrack um, that is definitely Carpenter. So this is a different movie. What do you think? Um, I went into it with many... What's the word I'm looking for? I didn't want to watch this movie. I'll be honest with you. After watching that last H.P. Lovecraft, and then I remembered you said that it was a Carpenter movie, not actually an H.P. Lovecraft based on it. Lovecraft. It was just kind of a, a mishmash, and it was like an homage that Carpenter homage, if you will, yeah. So I was like, okay, this is Carpenter. He'll have a little bit of humor in it, which he did have some. <laughs> he had some good moments in there. Things that I found funny that I probably should not have found funny, yeah. but stuff that was it was good humorous moments, which really relieved it. Unlike Dagon, which had yeah. nothing humorous. When they tried to do something humorous, it just didn't work. Uh, but this movie, I mean, you have a great cast. I mean, you have Sam oh, yeah. the lead. You have, um, oh, crap, I forgot the woman's name that's playing um, the, the woman that he's hanging out with. Uh, Celia. Yeah. Forgot her name. Just slipped out of my head. And, of course, you have Chest, uh, Charlton Heston. In, as a, he's a minor character, but he's he's plays kind of a pivotal. He gets the character where he needs to be. Right. So kind of a pivotal character himself. But... I, I enjoyed it. I, I actually did enjoy it. I think I I might see if the wifey wants to watch it with me um, because I, I did rent it, so I'll have it for another couple of days. Yeah. Right. What's weird is from the beginning, Sam Neill is insane. Mm-hmm. He's being dragged into a nut house, being put into a room, and then the story starts. Then you see how it started it, which was pretty popular um, storytelling back in the yeah. late, early, mid nineties, like started at the end and then shoot to the beginning. Yeah, and I always happen <laughs> because you never know what's going to happen after you get caught up because anything can happen after that point. But Sam Neill just, he plays a good character anyway. I mean, mm-hmm. who'd have thought the son of Satan could have got himself out of that, but I guess not. <laughs> Cthulhu is just too strong. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it, was, it was pretty cool. It was I, I did enjoy this movie. There's a lot of good it, moments in it. it. It's a it's a different, different movie. Now, for those of you who haven't seen it, it's uh, based on the premise that there's this popular horror writer, Sutter Kane, and they even reference he's bigger than Stephen King and mm. his books are selling billions and being made into movies. So you could basically say he's like Stephen King is. Uh, right. Everybody knows who that is. Everybody rushes to read the latest Stephen King. Well, everybody rushes to read Sutter Kane. But it 
was becoming that the people who read Sutter Kane's books would start to become insane. Um, yeah. And it just kept going deeper and deeper. And Sam Neill's character is an insurance fraud investigator. And um, the publishing company sends him and a woman, allegedly, Styles, mm -hmm. to go find out the truth. Um, right. To find out where Sutter Kane is. And he's able to piece it together that it's in a fictional town of Hobbs End. Very similar to Arkham in the H.P. Lovecraft thing. Mm -hmm. It's a fictional town in New England. And um, they happen to find Hobbs End. Well, I like how he does, does that, too. Yes. He's got all the books spread out. And he starts yeah. looking at the lines of the books. And he figures out that it's a map. Like, he, he starts trimming yeah. all the book covers and then puts them together like a, like a puzzle. And he figures out where Hobbs then should be. Mm -hmm. And they're not having any luck finding it. That, uh, no. That's an interesting. And it just, it just happens. This is a hard movie to explain. Um, yeah. It really is. Uh, because I think what's happening here, and my take from it is, and you go back and look. Um, well, near the end of the movie. Um, well, actually. Samuel's character, Trent, is tasked with by Sutter Kane, once he finds him, to bring the manuscript back to the publisher so it can be made into a movie. Then everybody will see it. Right. Everybody will go insane and the elder gods will rise. Um, which looks uh, look like a bunch of fish people again. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's, <laughs> yes. that's an H.P. Lovecraft thing. I don't understand yeah. it. I don't know what mental problem that man had with fish. Uh, a Maybe lot allergy, <laughs> but it's fish people all over again. Very Cthulhu esque, yeah, um, tentacles galore. Um, so that was, but that was, um, when he comes back, uh, Charlton Heston's character, who is the publisher, tells him, Well, you already brought it, you brought the manuscript like months ago. Yeah, and, it's right right after he tells him, Well, I destroyed the last manuscript, you're never gonna print it. And the guy's yeah. like, Oh, you brought that back like you brought it back. We're printing. And didn't know anything about the editor styles. Right. He's like, I and, guys out there alone. Yeah, and he did. It, it, one of the things when I look back at this movie, I look at his interactions with styles. Mm -hmm. It's almost as if she's really not in the room because Charlton Heston's not even really paying attention to her. Mm -hmm. it's it's at what point i guess the way i look at this movie is at what point did trent go crazy i'm gonna have to check that out because i was wondering i didn't notice that but that makes sense mm -hmm. was he already losing and here's the interesting thing because he was a an independent insurance investigator he was already stressed out from all this other stuff that he's done yeah were the books actually the cause of his insanity? Was I he already know. just insane and all this was just in his head from well, books that he had read? That's a great point because... How it ends watch, is crazy. Watch his character chain smoke. This mm -hmm. dude is stressed out from the beginning. I mean, they make yeah. a point that he's he's constantly lighting a cigarette almost right. every single scene. Right. Um, he is very stressed. Um. Did he really find Hobbs End? Well, he not just that, but did any of that actually happen, or was it all in his head? I would wager it was all in his head. I think he yeah. did find Sutter Kane and brought the transcript back, or maybe he didn't. Maybe he never did. Um, 
that's yeah, the thing about this movie. You don't know what's what actually happened. Yeah, because when he walks out, look, towards the end of the movie, he's walking down a, a street, and there's a big marquee for a theater, and it says, uh, Into the Mouth of Madness, or In the Mouth of Madness, starring Trent, uh, whatever his first name is, yeah. Trent. And then you see the movie poster, and it's got him and the females' names, the characters' names, not their real yes. names, the characters' names. And then everybody in that poster is all like the actual people. Like mm -hmm. it, it really is Carpenter. It's like the, the editor, the produ producers. It's really everybody bizarre. It's so kind of meta. Was, <laughs> yeah, so that was kind of cool. So when he goes into the theater and he's watching the movie and there's like flashbacks of him basically going insane. And at the end, he, you're just like, wow, is he... I took it like, I think this was all going on in his head. I don't think any of that actually happens. I don't think he left. I don't think he left the, uh, the asylum. Yeah. And I don't think, I don't think the asylum, I don't think he's in the asylum because he, because of any of that actually happening. Right. I think he's just gone nuts. Well, it was, it, it was interesting. Nervous breakdown. At the beginning, uh, the really weird, um, orderly. Mm -hmm. uh, Saperstein. Yeah, he was he was really quirky and weird. But when they bring him in, he's like, "Oh, is this one of them?" And I was like, "What does that even mean?" So that was that was something that I never did, could piece together. Right. Um, right. And and I thought it was. I think that this movie just deals with mental illness, and mm -hmm. I, I honestly don't believe he ever made it anywhere. This was his story he was telling. Um, I, I, uh, really, I think it was David Warner's character. Yeah, I like David Warner's character listening. Yes. Um, so, which was weird because when he came in, he said, I'm here to get you out. Right. I'm here. But I don't know why. And that's, there's, this movie ends with more questions than answers, which is fine. Um, it's just one of those that leave you scratching your head. <laughs> Great well, effects. That same orderly asks Warner's character as he's walking out because they have a little interchange about, well, yeah. is he okay? Is it what's wrong? And he says he thinks a writer named Sutter Kane has created the universe or something like that. He says something, Warner's character yeah. says something like that. And the guy looks over at him and says, have you ever read Sutter Kane? And, and he just walks away. So does Sutter Kane even exist is the question. For me, it's like, does this guy even exist or is it all in this guy's head? Like his own insanity is just, I think he's just had a mental breakdown. Yeah. I think he's just, for whatever reason, because of all the insurance claims that he found and all, all the people, dirty, scummy people. And he says that like all, nothing would surprise him. All people are basically would, would do something evil if they had a chance. Yeah. So is that his own belief system caving in on him? And that's what creates this universe that you see in the movie, but never happens to anybody else. Right. Yeah, and it is a it is a fucked up universe. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's really it's neat. That church is gorgeous and church freaky at the same time. I think they said it was in Toronto. Did you read is any it? trivia clips that came up? Mm -hmm. I went in and I read all of them. The hospital was a, a film that Toronto Waterworks, like their treatment plant. Um, oh wow. Like and I guess a lot of movies had had been filmed there. Uh, Undercover Brother was filmed there for outside shots and stuff. Oh damn! Um, 
but they don't. Nobody films there now since 2001, since all the shit hit the fan in the world. And they filmed a lot of that in Toronto. That that was a, a Byzantine church. I forgot. Yeah, it was a cool church, it was, but it's beautiful. They, they, oh yeah, interior is just gorgeous. But yeah, and a lot of the stuff that they were reading was actually quotes from H.P. Lovecraft, with maybe a couple words here and there changed, mm -hmm. just to fit the, the Sutter Kane right motif. Which I thought was kind of neat. I, th I thought it was very clever. Yeah, it was. Um, I it w it was neat. I like when the elder gods do finally rise from the abyss mm -hmm. and they're chasing him down a tunnel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but There's my favorite. I don't understand. It, it is. It is. And um, one of my favorite scenes is the little old lady who runs the hotel. <laughs> With the husband handcuffed. With her naked her husband handcuffed to her ankle. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But, and then when she was totally destroying him and she was this tentacled beast. Yeah. The, oh, man. It was it was crazy. I love the effects. Um, uh, the special effects were great. Were they did great. great. And he always does, uh, John Carpenter always does really good um practical effects he goes oh. for the practical effects i think it was greg nicotero if i'm not mistaken who has done a ton of uh really? practical effects yes that's good that, that's so. that's a good movie um it had it's real i mean it's quirky it is really quirky it is <laughs> i was <sighs> afraid you were gonna hate it <laughs> uh, yeah I, I, that's why i had such a hard time getting started hitting play was just yeah. really tough for me especially after dagon now i thought <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed uh, uh, the reanimator because there was a lot of humor in it. And then Dagon yeah. and what little bit I've been reading about H.P. Lovecraft. I mean, this guy, this man was mental. I mean, there yeah. was no other words about it. He was a freaking mental case. I don't know if he ever got help or if his writing was helping him. Um, I can't imagine trying to have a conversation with this guy in real life. If you can, Oh, dude. If you can base his sanity on his works, I don't know if I'd be able to sit in the room with the guy. But then again, he may have just been the nicest, sweetest fellow on the planet. I don't know. I know I nothing know. about H.P. Lovecraft other than what I've, what little bit I've read about him in the movies that I've seen here lately. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but if I had to bet, I'd, I'd, and I'm not a betting man, but I'd wager a paycheck that that guy was totally insane. And he had a thing for fish. And he had this... He, yeah, he thought fish were evil, especially squids. I don't know what the hell that was about. <laughs> now, he I'm going to... Squids. <laughs> there's a movie that I brought up every time we talk about H.P. Lovecraft, and I'm going to recommend it again. It's Underwater with Christian Stewart. Hmm. And it's it, this movie reminds me of that, because when I finish that movie, I'm sitting there thinking, did that even happen? Right. And that's all I'm going to say, because I don't want to spoil that movie, because it's very new. It was like last year. Right. So um, it's it's the same thing. It, I, I left that at the end of the movie. It's like, we're dealing with mental illness again. And mm -hmm. it's so it's it's, it's very interesting. Um, I like this movie just because it is so freaking out there as yeah. far as you get, you got great performances all around. They really sell it. Um, yeah, there wasn't a bad actor in that movie. Vigo no, is really good. Yes. <laughs> uh, his name is Werner von Werner von Homer Holm, I think is what his name is. That's the guy who played Vigo. Yeah. I may have the name wrong. I'm I'm sorry if I do. 
See, but I'm going to have to watch Ghostbusters 2 now. I saw him <laughs> whenever he shows up at the church and he's like screaming for his kid or whatever. He's yeah. For the little kid in the, in the church door. And I'm assuming he was going to get his boy back. It was but, interesting. He said, first the kids. They took the kids. Yeah. And, and then, and like Dagon, there's transformation happening. Yeah. There's would something here. Would you willingly want to look like that? I mean, would you no. go, yes, Chuthulu, make me look like a big freaking squid? I want. No, I wouldn't. I'd be like, nah. No. Gotta pass. <laughs> I'm gonna pass on the big squid. I'm gonna pass on squid things. I don't. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't. I'll keep my soul. Thanks a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're gonna have to get something really good. Yeah. To look like that. How is that? No. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Give me your soul and you too can look like me. But the... Nah, uh, like Professor Zyper. Well. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> the Sutter Kane character was uh, had a God complex. He, was, he oh. realized he was God, basically, because what he wrote would come true. Mm-hmm. Um, and he I thought was that was... The power of the Elder Gods. So he's not yeah. really a God. They gave him that power. Yeah, which I thought was neat when um, he tore that doorway away and it was... That was cool. That was, was a like, nice oh. that 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 was a again, nice again ripping. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Again, it's just more. What are we seeing? And Sam Neill's uh, character goes to the hole that's in the wall that is the manuscript, and he's looking in, and the girl starts reading the manuscript. Yeah, saying what he's doing. That was and it's like, oh yeah, that would be kind of creepy. That yeah. was creepy. and and then they came crawling and mm-hmm. skittering and. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. How many yeah, times was... did he drop that book before he got back to the main office? A lot. <laughs> like he burned it at one point. Yeah, page by page. <laughs> I'd have been pouring holy water on it. Here, this this should do the trick. <laughs> I am thoroughly convinced that he was crazy the whole fucking time. Yeah. I, I think at one point, maybe... Maybe the guy with the axe came through the window with Adam. So it's yeah. hard to say exactly when he went insane. That may have been the tipping point for him. And I feel he might have actually killed that that kid who came out yes, of the store. Yes, I think he killed the kid. Yeah. And I think that's how he got into the insane asylum. But I think everything is in his head. I think so, too. He didn't kill the kid. His just being whacked out, in a, you know, he's just crazy. It, it is, and it's... I, I I don't know what to say about this movie other than it's John Carpenter. There's great acting, great music. Um, this is this is one soundtrack that Carpenter has done that um, reminds me of uh, Metallica. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. It's that, got, that last song, especially the the, the final song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good hard hard riff. I liked it. Yeah. Very, so very if, if you're a of fan it. of Carpenter's music alone, just the soundtrack off this is really good. Um, it is, there are some funny moments that I think are unintentionally funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I well, like I when he, just uh, the moment that they're in is what yeah. makes them funny. You know what like I mean? The, the bus, the bus, when he wakes up and yeah. everything's blue and he just starts screaming. I thought that was humorous. Yeah. Or even, even at the end in the theater, when he's watching himself, he's just he laughing. laughing. Yeah. It's like, did you catch the sound when he throws his head back and he's laughing and they start to fade out? No. There's a big cracking sound. No, I did not hear that. Coming out of his neck or? 
Oh it's shit! Been finally snapping, snapping like never, never to return. Yeah, yeah. So and you know, when he he was talking to David Warner and some of the others, uh, or the orderlies, when he was coming in and stuff like that, he's like, "It's getting right. bad out there. It's getting bad out there. They're all changing. Nobody's paying him any attention. It's almost like right." Like you would treat a crazy person who would say something like, yeah, yeah, that's nice. Go on, yeah. you know, and because nobody's responding. So I think there's a lot of clues in here mm-hmm. and I'm going to have to go back and watch again. But I think Styles never really existed because um, she's pretty much ignored for the most part. It's just it's a well, weird interaction. Styles at one point, I thought I thought he does. Has he does. mention Styles at one point. But he maybe does, I'm but. I think he does. I think you're right. And I may be misreading it, but it looked like Sam Neill's interaction with her was bizarre. She was overly sexual. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Or somebody in a business situation. But he also pushed himself on her at one point. Oh, he did later on. But like it, really, really close to her. And yeah. I'm like, wow, that's awkward. Sam, you just met this girl. I mean, that's not pushy yeah. at all. But I she mean, comes in the office and she's... Me too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the way she came in the office and she's showing her cleavage by taking her glasses off and pulling down and it just, it did not seem legit um, in that aspect. Right. So I think maybe it was. was his name's editor. Mm-hmm. So Sutter let's King. say actually all happening. If she was his editor, she was already losing her mind at that point. That is true. Because she's so, read it. She already well, read it all. She didn't read the final one. No. She read all of his other books though. Which would have made her even, yeah, that's true. A little bit crazier. So if that really happened, in retrospect, you can look at it and go, "Oh, well, she was already going insane too." Yeah, that's true. That's but true. But her not being real makes all of what you just said even more logical to me than had she just read the books, yeah. or just as logical as if she had read the books. So it's it. I think it's up in the air. I can go either way on that mm-hmm. one. Um, I think this is a a pretty damn cool movie. Um, I enjoyed it. Yeah, that yeah the the crossover to where what was dreaming and what was reality and all that really started splintering. Yeah, and that's why I think at the end when he's just kind of walking around the streets and it's all empty, there's um, a Twilight Zone, the first episode of the of the original Twilight Zone where the guy's walking through the streets and everything's empty. Yeah. Um, and he's that's all in his head because he's actually asleep in a in a room because they were testing uh, an astronaut to go to Mars. Mm-hmm. And he's actually just having a nightmare. So I'm wondering if the same kind of thing is happening to Sam Neill. They put him in the mental institution. They mm-hmm. locked him down and he's just really closed in on his own brain because he was he was saying that humanity's going to go away and there's going to be a new species. Well, you didn't really see the new species other than the things that were chasing him. Yeah. Oh, that was that, one of the things that Styles had said to him. And I'm going to paraphrase this because I, I wrote down, wrote this down 10, 15 minutes after she said it. Right. Um, she's talking to him. She said, if you found yourself to be the last sane person and everyone else was crazy, would you would find yourself locked in a padded room. That's right. That was the conversation that they had in the car. Yeah. So a little foreshadowing there. Yeah. Yeah. And he is like the last sane guy. Yeah. Maybe. If you're the only sane person on an insane planet, who's insane? I, I, I thought it was pretty telling. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Cool flick. It's bizarre. It's uh, that's the second time I've seen it, and I pick up more stuff watching it, right. and I need to need to watch it again. Um, I had heard of this movie. Um, yeah. But I'd never seen it until you had had said the hey we're gonna do this movie. <laughs> And I was like, oh, this is going to hurt. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See, it wasn't that painful. I Like I said, I had to think, okay, this is John Carpenter. I like most of John Carpenter films yeah. that I've seen so far in my life. Um, and he does it in a very... And when he is hitting you over the head with something like message, it's never that horrible. I mean, it's no. not like you're like, oh, you just took me out of the out of the moment. You know, uh, like we've seen some movies where you're just like, oh, my God, relax with the message telling. Yeah. But John Carpenter has always been very entertaining with his. Yes. Like in They Live, very entertaining. You get the message. You see what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. uh, and you he's a great on. storyteller. Um, he, yeah. he, puts, yeah, he, he puts things together in a way that feels this is going to sound horrible and I'm not being derogatory toward John at all, but it seems average. And what I mean by that is, no, this no, is, I, this is yeah. the everyday stuff. This is how people would be acting. This is how yeah. it's not. Yes. Yeah, some of it's over the top and stuff, but when you got such great characters as snake Plitzkin, Jack mm -hmm. Burton, uh, Roddy Piper's character, uh, just those. Yeah. Who, who are real. They hurt. They bleed. They're yeah, not yeah. superheroes. Yeah. Um, well, they are super heroic, but they're not gods among men. Yes. Yes. Which is yeah. I, they're they're your average Joe, except for Snake Plissken, who's like yeah, kill everybody in the room. He's a yeah. little bit. He's a little bit. I mean, <laughs> yeah. uh, they need to do one more Snake Plissken movie with. Amen to that. With. Uh, they can with do it. Yeah, that with what's his name as as the star, they don't. Yeah, they don't need to do a rehash or reshoot with anybody else. No, they let him have his third movie and a happy ending. I think we talked about that in the past. We have, we have, and I am all for a Snake Plitzkin three. Yeah, you just call the movie Snake. I agree. Just call and he's going to be escaping from Earth. Oh shit! Mars is the last colony. Yeah. That'd be fucking great. That's great. Yeah. I love that. I love that. So, anybody listening, John Carpenter, you got one more in you. <laughs> if anybody could pull that story plot twist off, it would be John Carpenter. Mm-hmm. And there you go. You still end it with Snake Plissken and uh, his wife on Mars, walking along, just like in, uh, what was that, um, Gladiator? Where he's walking yes. Or in the, the field, field. <laughs> or the field of, and he's just walking, touching everything, and that's where you end it. Yeah, beautiful. That'd be, good. That'd be a nice shot. Beautiful. So, final thoughts on Mouth of Madness? Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I was going to. I'll be honest with you. I, I really did good. have a hard time getting started on this. I really put it <laughs> off as long as possible after Dagon. I was just like this, oh. But then I had to think about it. Who was directing? He gets mm -hmm. good writers to do good yeah. stuff. Um, I don't know how much input he has with any of his writers. I imagine quite yeah, I a bit um, because he is who he is. The story will leave you scratching your head because I'm still scratching my head yeah. trying to figure it out. Uh, I'm not sure if it actually happens or if it's all in the guy's head. I think it's all in the character's head. I'm going to agree I with you. I think it's all in Trent's head. I think yep. Sam Neill 
never left the insane asylum. I think he was going crazy already. Uh, whether he killed the one kid or not, I don't know. Um, whether the character of the writer even existed, I don't know. Because when those two at the end, the doctor and the intern or whatever, have their conversation, yeah. it left me kind of like... what? It was odd. Like the doctor didn't even know who the guy was. Yeah. Do you read Sutter Kane? <laughs> yeah. Like, have you ever read him or something like or that? Or something like that, yeah. It was the, the way he says it is almost like, who the fuck is this guy? Who's Sutter Kane kind of a question, like, you know yeah. what I mean? But uh, yeah, I liked it. I enjoyed it. I, I would say if you like John Carpenter and if you like just weird, twisty, uh, out of left field kind of things happening, <laughs> yeah, definitely watch this movie. The, and the little <laughs> lady at the... At oh, the she's, she's, she's great. She's creepy from that get-go, man. My yeah. husband didn't like the smoke. Could you not smoke in here? Yeah, I'll find out he's chained naked to her ankle right beneath the desk. Behind, underneath the desk. Uh, yeah. Weird. Very weird. Um, I'm going to second that. I like this movie just because it's one of those is like, what the fuck did I just watch? And yeah. not in a bad way. Not in, oh, right. God, I just wasted all this time. It's like, wow, yeah. this make, yeah. leaves me thinking. And every time I've seen this now, I'm, I'm left scratching my head even more with mm -hmm. more questions. And I, I guess next thing you know, I'm going to be seeing fish people and going insane. I hope not. Fish people. Fish, fish people. Fish heads, fish heads. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to eat again. Well, thank you, Billy Mummy, for putting that song in my head. Uh, yeah. So that's a, a yes watch if yeah. you want something weird if yeah you want something weird. and if you're a sam neill fan you'll probably like this too uh it was good it yeah. was it's entertaining if nothing else now sam neill does another movie which is one of my all-time favorites uh called event horizon and it also has a just imagine this in space here's my only <laughs> problem with event horizon and I've watched it. I think I've watched it one and a half times. I think I got mm -hmm. to it the second time about halfway and I was like, I can't do it. <laughs> I think the problem with, for me with Event Horizon, and so many people just look at me like I'm insane when I say this and I start turning into a fish person, uh, <laughs> is I think they showed too much. They, I think they showed and told too much in that. Like whenever everything is dark and they turn on the lights and you see all the blood splattered all over everything and you can see it. You can, it's nothing's in the shadow. Nothing's left to wonder. And I think as soon as everything got bright is when you really lose me because they start answering a lot of questions in, in the story. I can't believe That's I'm actually going to agree with you. Really? Thank you. Yeah. Now here, here's, here's the thing. I love this movie and mm -hmm. it's been rumored for, for years that they've been trying to get the lost footage put together because, uh, it's a pulp. Verhoeven, I think, who did this, uh -huh. or is it Anderson? Um, shit. Anyway, it's <laughs> the director originally had a lot of stuff that they had to cut out just to get it an R rating. Oh wow! Um, because the gore was on an insane level, allegedly. Mm -hmm. um, because there's a scene near the end; it's like a full blown blood orgy of guts and everything else. All of that is apparently lost, and we'll never see it. I've always wanted uh -huh. to see the full blown. Gory right. stuff, but but you're right. Um, I used to have a problem with oh, here's a flash of of stuff. I like while I have um, 
enjoyed seeing some really gory movies just because I love to see the effects and how they pull it off. Right, right. Movies that do it without showing anything and making me think I saw something. Yes. Are much yeah. more effective. Thank you. That That's how I feel about, about Event Horizon. They showed too much. Yeah. Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I'll, everybody thinks it's gory. It's mm -hmm. not. Go watch it. I, it's all I've sound. Never, I don't think I've ever seen that all the way through. Yeah. But well, I will have to review it. Thing. Like the first movie, the very, the original one, right? Yeah. The or original 77, like Toby Hooper. Yeah. Um, yeah. Not at all. Prime it's example, all in your head. The best movie for me to use an example where you're, you're using like chainsaw. I use alien. The first alien. Yes. Movie. Except for the chest bursting. <laughs> Except for the chest bursting. Most of that is off screen. Yeah, and you never the see that screen, alien until near yeah, the you end. You never see the alien. Yeah, exactly. The very end scene. That's how I think. If you're going to do a horror movie, if you're going to do any suspense movie, if you're ever going to do any kind of a reveal movie, that's how you do it. Follow that. Yes. Follow that, I I think, as a blueprint. Not exactly. You don't have to go it beat, but, beat, oh. beat, beat, but as a, a blueprint. Of, of how to do and startle people and get the jump scare, but have the big scare throughout the entire movie. Because Alien was just a, a horror movie in space. Oh, it was. It was. It And it was well done. Um, mm -hmm. It does that that reveal perfectly oh, near the end. Uh, there's another movie on Netflix called The Ritual. And it's a fairly recent movie. Mm -hmm. And it takes place, I think, in in somewhere in Scandinavia or somewhere way up north, and uh, these these guys go on this hike, and they're being hunted by something, and you do not see it till the very end. And it is when you see every frame that that creature is in the frame, but maybe in the background, uh, uh, something moving, and so it it right. it builds so much suspense throughout that whole damn movie. So by the time it finally shows, it's like oh. It's you know you're you're worn out from watching it and yeah I, yeah that's I agree I that's yes I'm I'm with you and I you know as much as I love gore I I agree with Event Horizon it's, it's still one of my favorite movies I do want to see it in its blood full bloody gory with <laughs> glory which we won't but it's that it reminds me of the um in the mouth of madness because right. here again we've got people gone insane and allegedly a portal to hell we're dealing with the elder gods in space. Right. You know? Right. Like, oh shit. <laughs> Here's Lovecraft in space. <laughs> right. There you go. Yeah. So, but no fish people. I didn't see any fish people. In that no way. fish people, no fish people in that aspect. So what's up next? We don't know. Oh no. Uh, we're doing, um, bride of the reanimator. Aren't we? We are doing bride of the reanimator. Bride Thank you Re for reminding me. Yes, we are back to because Tubi, I, which is wonderful. I love that guy as, <laughs> Reanimator is just totally insane. Yes, and I hope the Bride of the Reanimator is just as gory, funny, stupid, humorous as the first one. That's it will be. Before. It will be. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I've never seen it. Um, Reanimator, I've seen over and over and over, and mm -hmm. I absolutely love it. Uh, you can't go wrong with uh, Coombs and uh, Barbara Crampton. No. She's no. not in this one, but um, that would have yeah. been great to have her come back. Yes, like, like he saved her. That would have been great. <laughs> but um, those two were in another movie that somebody had posted on uh, one of the horror groups I belong to on Facebook. Really? That was unearthed. And it was something with some sort of exorcist, evil exorcist or something like that, where Coombs was a priest. And she's in it as well. 
Get the fuck out of here. I will I will find the title for oh, it. Oh, yeah. That's going to have um, to be a must because I like Coombs. I just yeah. so, I like Jeffrey Coombs so much as an actor. Um, and just to see all the different types of characters he's played over the years. Right. Just, and I bet he's probably just a funny guy. He's probably just, he strikes me as just a good guy with a good sense of humor. Um, one movie I do want to do is at the end of this movie, Sam Neill is watching yes. in the hotel room. And for the life of me. We, you've life. talked about this. I saw that last night. That's like, the movie I was talking about saying, we got to do that movie, the guy in the gorilla costume with the, the space yes. helmet. Yes. Um, that's that's got that is on Tubi. That is in my queue. Awesome. So whenever you want to do that one, baby, we'll do that one next. That's that's a fun one. We definitely we definitely can do that for sure. Um, I would uh, like to also um, visit some early Peter Jackson. I'm not doing the Muppet one. No, no. I'm not doing the porno Muppet one. That no. was just insane i watched no. it once i Meet felt the feebles? Weeks. No. yes i have no. never seen it i will watch it on my own time uh but oh god <laughs> i'm gonna tell you right now don't everybody's told me that so that means i have to i'm just uh, gonna say don't <laughs> i know you're going to it's it's beyond awful it's yeah. beyond it's it's muppet porno basically yeah. is what it is it's how he did that and then he went off to do Lord of the Rings. And it's like, how the fudge did you get the job to do Lord of the Rings? And that was on your reel to show people. <laughs> I think Dead Alive is the one I'm thinking of with the massive amounts of blood and gore and zombies. That sounds familiar. That, um, that sounds very familiar. There's me. a scene where the main character has a lawnmower and he's holding it up and just plowing through people. But I, I really want to go. I'd love to talk about Frighteners. Um, and oh, Frighteners we can watch Frighteners because it has Coombs. <laughs> I love Frighteners. That's that. That is my every Halloween. I have a list of movies that I go through. That is on my list of movies to go through. I haven't watched Frighteners in years, so we will definitely do that. So it's next great. week we will be up with Bride of the Reanimator. And then we'll move away from H.P. Lovecraft because I don't want more fish people. God, fish people. <laughs> I don't, you know, like if you're a fish person out there listening, I have nothing against you. It's the H.P. Lovecraft's version of you. I'm sure you're all very nice fish people. Yeah, I'm sure you are. <laughs> so all so of you Atlanteans, we love you. Yeah. <laughs> and to my fellow cephalopods we will see you next week <laughs> that's a big word <laughs>